0: Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Okay, today with me is Eli Sokolow. I'm so excited to have him on. She's All Over the Place. Hey, Eli. Hi. Hey, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've been listening to your music and, you know, I get into these emotional stuck Places. And luckily for me, I have just two of your songs right on my desktop. So I'll just hit play. And it's just, I've left them there because I've had so many songs come across my desk. But um, this one particular MP3 I have left on my um, desk for the last like two months. I put it on, and all of a sudden, it just blasts me past where i've been stuck and so i just want to thank you so much for that <laughs> oh well,
1: thank you for listening i really appreciate it
0: definitely and if it's cool with you after um our chat i would love to play the song is that cool
1: 100 percent. yeah
0: okay okay let's talk about i'm so strange so um where did you come up with this song
1: well this song used to i kind of rewrote a previous song that I made because I thought that the melody was really good but just the lyrics uh, uh, could have been better and the structure could have been better so I made this song. Essentially for me I wanted to write a mission statement for my band and something that you know we could kind of play like as the first song at our show just so people know what they're getting into. We're a band that you know we encourage individualism and people expressing themselves, you know, in a safe way. I feel like ultimately, I've always felt like I was kind of on the outside of things, you know, maybe socially or um, you know, musically, or just you know, growing up, I wasn't ever a person with a ton of friends. Like I was always someone with you know, a couple of go-to friends that I was super close with. But I kind of always felt like there was some sort of memo that I didn't get or something that everybody else got, mm-hmm. and because of that, uh. I kind of wanted to make a song that I wish I could have listened to at that time. Like I think about myself, you know, at school maybe or uh, at a party or something and and just feeling like I'm having a hard time connecting with, you know, the people on around. And ultimately, um, what I wish I could have seen at that time, which I feel like I see now is just kind of like that's, you know, sometimes your differences or the things that people might, you know, pick on you for um, are things to be celebrated, you know, and it's kind of, I think, cool to just be your authentic self myself. So for me I've yeah because I've always felt kind of out of place, I wanted to just make a song that kind of was like saying, you know, I'm out of place and I'm like I'm rocking it like that's okay, you know. Especially cuz um the first verse has a lyric: "I used to have a family, now all I have is therapy." I feel like some one thing that felt very isolating growing up, dealing with family-related issues. Everyone has them in their own way at their own time, but growing up, it's just kind of, it was kind of taboo to talk about. Like you don't walk up to your friends and you're like, "Hey, this terrible thing happened." Um, so I feel like um, I don't know, like that part accepting that, like you know, the things that might we might feel kind of ashamed about or embarrassed to talk about ultimately that everybody has them and then also like in the second verse one of my favorite lyrics i had was um i went from nickelodeon to watching you shoot heroin and i feel like i really wanted to just kind of capture like how i felt being thrust into adulthood like at a time where it just feels like the world is such a mess and ultimately like i get that the world's always been crazy to some degree but i feel like we're in a bit of uncharted territory or at least i am and because of that it's like i don't feel like i was prepared (laughs) for this you know i feel like one day I was watching cartoons, and then the next thing, I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. So, the so, uh, point is, yeah, I think it's it's really cool to like, you know, uh, be yourself. It's you know, if you're you know struggling with something or going through something, um, that ultimately, you know, everyone has their own version of that, and, and in on the inside, everyone's kind of a weirdo. So, having creating a space where people can, you know, be themselves, and uh, is kind of what, what I'm all about. What the band is all about.
0: I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, Yeah. It's just like, for one thing, it's like when I, when I see you and like, I, um, you know, saw some of your videos on the YouTube and I'm listening to the music and it just, it kind of reminds me of just like, like a modern day Nirvana.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Like I remember I was a kid listening to Nirvana and the way that music moved me and I guess it moved so many other people too. But and then I'm now modern day right now and you know, for the last few months I've just been, you know, listening specifically to that song and it's just like 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 I said I because I'm working on some inner stuff right now and I'm just stuck over and over again and it's a it's it's a progression I'm, I'm learning it's a practice and as a young adult you learn to apply the practices and stuff but yeah I'll just turn it on and it's like you know they say and who's they and they say and you know we're all like as artists music is one and we have all these emotions and and by you know expressing these emotions and these lyrics and these messages we we all feel the same thing so i mean the feeling that i feel is just like roar! you know yeah. what i mean and then i and then i listen to it and that roar just like goes out of my skin and bursts out of my skin so i can now i can identify and imagine like yeah that's how you were feeling in school i felt like that in school and we feel like unexpressed you know we feel like all this stuff is happening and we we're not able to you know talk to people about it and so you're putting it through your music and i mean yeah like,
1: when especially when you know you're dealing with things kind of beyond your experience or like beyond your like i don't know scope of like like beyond your mental bandwidth i think that that's for me when music a lot of the time is it's most helpful right i mean You know, when sometimes you just can't even, you might not be able to put into words how you're feeling, but then you hear a song and, uh, you know, you, you get the same satisfaction
0: yeah and you're like i'm so strange and it's like yeah so am i i'm so strange <laughs> like like <laughs> i am so strange like i am you know yeah. so it's like it's yeah. like i connect to it and i mean i i feel like you know a lot of people feel like you and a lot of people feel like me and uh, and even more so with the world's happening right now for the people who are like understanding the isolation and like what is happening in the world this is like this is like beyond like like we're, we're talking about one thing and then another and then it's just like this just like you know hit the home run like what is really going on it's like oh my god and all we have right now is our writing our heart our soul our emotions you know poetry and and um, you know thank god for songwriters like yourself and thank god for your bandmates and are you guys able to uh, make music so I know you can make music right now you have all your equipment with you and your bandmates they're not with you so are you able to send files online to still make music
1: yeah so it's we're all you know like super um i don't know uh how to put it like we we're kind of we all have like a workhorse mentality and what was really helpful is before this time we had recorded all of the instrumentals for like five new songs so they just need vocals so i can just finish those and mix them on my own time and then we'll have five new songs so it's really convenient because we're not sitting there saying oh man like we need to get together to record that and with new music it's kind of you know super easy to just come up with something record it send it and um uh, kind of collaborate that way. And we were even making videos remotely. Like we made one video of us playing our most recent song that we put out called In Another Life, uh, where we recorded and filmed each of us playing the song. And then we just put it all together. Uh, and we said it was the quarantine edition or whatever version of the song. And who's um, the editor? So uh the video editor is Nico, uh, who plays keyboard and bass. Great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad because he uh has He's kind of new to that, but he's picked up at it really fast. And because we like to make a lot of videos, like we like to make a music video for any song we do. um, And usually at that, like, you know, maybe a lyric video or like other stuff. It's just like super helpful to be able to do that without another person because we already work together really well. So it's easy to communicate. Mm -hmm. He put that together and we actually um, today started working on um, a cartoon animated video that we're making for another song because we're just we you know got to think out of the box so it's like how can we make a video given that we're not all in the same place right now one way is to just have a beat animation well uh, does he do animation
0: you know? too i mean because i know my cousin he's a lead animator on the tv show archer and i know animation folks and that takes a lot of time and Anim- oh yeah it's actually that's, very well, costly as well
1: that's super um impressive as far as, uh, you said your cousin? uh uh-huh. um, Tim capon
0: Terrace.
1: Yeah, I think animation's great. Uh, Nico is not, in quotes, an animator, but we're just doing cartoon animation where essentially he has a, I don't even know what it's called, but it's a piece of technology. I'm sure people who know what this is called are going to laugh at me. Like, I used to date someone who had this, a stylist that you can draw something and it shows mm-hmm. up digitally on your computer. Oh,
0: yeah, um, yeah, through, 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 through um, Apple. Apple has one, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. um, And point is, we have like our logo, which is like this character that we named Monk because he's like a one eyed monkey. And um, essentially, Nico is just drawing, you know, short frame, short frame animation around him. Then we have a narrative now that we've like started working on today we're going to put ourselves in there, but like the way we're just doing it is it's not like super professional animation. It's just, it's a, it's kind of like a digital flipbook.
0: Oh, got it. Okay. Um, So I am a doodler. I doodle. And actually I am so obsessed with doodling that I have a, I have a a folder on my device and there are, there are about like seven. There's, I think there's 27. I I think there's like 27. Maybe that number's a little high, but there's like 27 different apps you can download for free. They're doodle apps. So yeah, yeah, right and yeah. i'm actually wanting to explore that more myself and just yeah you can like um put photos or videos and then you can just like doodle around it so it's not like so okay i was thinking full on like bugs bony cartoon animation so cool that that's very innovative that's awesome
1: yeah thank you i'm I excited think to see it i think it's fun i mean obviously while i wish that i could see my friends and play music with them uh cuz there's really nothing better than that um I appreciate having to create something with a set of limitations that we couldn't have seen before because you just make something that you wouldn't have made otherwise. And a lot of times you can do something unique that way. Yeah. Um, And I
0: really like what you said about what what you just said. It's like, why don't we, because I've thought this for so many years. It's like, we already have so much, like, like literally, like we have so, why don't we just stop inventing things, stop more, stop the consumerism of this. And let's just, let's just deal with what we have, appreciate what we have, the quality over the quantity. Like, let's get rid of the bulk. Let's get rid of the crap that we don't need. And not to say let's stop inventing, but let's utilize what we have because it's that emotional spending and it's the emotional of needing to obtain something outside of ourselves. And now's a really great resourceful time to say, what do we have or what can we get our hands on? And totally, in the world of like apps and stuff and like education, y- you can get it so much for free.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, so many things have changed, right? And so I feel like it's really important. Like I think a lot of times people are afraid of technology, but ultimately it's really just made doing a lot of things streamlined or faster or easy in a way that I think really helps during a time like this, because like I think about um, Steve Lacey, who's a famous musician um, that, you know, some of the songs he's produced and released have been recorded on his iPhone and he's just using GarageBand with like some sort of, um, you know, USB mic or something.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: that doesn't stop his song from getting on the radio, you know, it's super, um, I, I mean, I even, once I made a song in, in GarageBand, iPhone or iPhone GarageBand, sorry. And, Mm -hmm. um, and my bandmates were impressed with the sound design and I was like, this is literally like an iPhone song, like recording. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I agree. It's just like simple. A lot of times you can communicate more effectively if you have less elements and um, especially in music that that's, I think can be really valuable to kind of uh, think about. Right now, if you're one person alone, you know, maybe making making something that you can play or the process of writing something without other people, there's still room to to expand on that creatively, like I think I feel that way, especially about guitar, because I've been playing guitar for a really long time and guitar has had kind of a relationship with modern music that has, you know, it's kind of put to the side or shunned or not really as uh, in the forefront as it used to be. And Because of that, I think some people are afraid to have a super guitar driven uh, piece of music just because Mm -hmm. ultimately it's not really cool. Like, it's not a cool thing to do. (laughs) Um, But I think that, like, for me, I really like the idea of, like, expanding on the physicality of of playing the guitar and thinking, okay, well, there's been uh, six decades of um, electric guitar music or seven decades or whatever, um, what can you still do with something that's that old? Um, there's still, you know, a lot of options out there. I think, you know, that might go beyond convention, but the only way to figure them out is to take the time and, and explore and uh, just feel like there's no, there's no rules, you know, there's no like wrong choice that you can make with that instrument, even if in the eyes of a traditionalist, it's wrong.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who are um, a couple of your favorite guitar players? And are maybe a couple of their songs that have really Um, inspired you?
1: My favorite guitarist is probably Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. And I think, I mean, that band has a lot of good songs. (laughs) But um, I guess my favorite example of his guitar playing is the end of the song Go to Sleep because he just plays this super glitched out guitar solo that just sounds like his guitar has been hacked by a robot. And I think it's great. And uh, I love Annie Clark uh, of Saint Vincent, amazing guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, let me. Th- I think her best guitar song might be um, her song "Marrow." That's a great one. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different guitar uh styles i think the best like traditional rock classic rock guitarist i think is probably jimi hendrix because of this is such a like nerd thing to to come with but i'm a nerd so i don't care
0: i am too it's all Uh, good
1: four four minutes into his song machine gun on his album band of gypsies which is a live album he plays a note on the guitar at exactly for a minute that i think in my opinion for sure but if not arguably the the greatest recorded note on an electric guitar it is just so emotive and um impactful super cool Um, But outside of that stuff, I mean, there's a lot of other cool guitarists. Mark Rabot is a cool guitarist. Nels Klein is a cool guitarist. Adrian Ballou is a cool guitarist. Um, For me, uh, Tom Morello is a great guitarist, Rage Against the Machine. I feel like I like people who can surprise you um, with their choices uh, on an instrument that I feel like has become super predictable. I mean, people hear guitar solo and they think, oh, you know, it's pr- like Freebird or, you know, Led Zeppelin or something super classic. And I like the guitarist. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I like the guitarists that, um, make a guitar solo and you're saying, was that a guitar or is that a keyboard or is it a vocal? You know, like what, <laughs> it's like sometimes people, um, who get creative enough with their sounds and their their harmonic choices, show you a side of something that you might never have seen otherwise. So yeah, it's stuff I'm into.
0: Cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. For all the listeners who are really into, you know, music and different guitar players, I'm sure they're gonna be like writing these down and Googling them and researching them. I know that's what I would be doing. (laughs) Well I'll probably do that with a couple of them anyway. Uh I have a question. So like prior to um, you know what's happening in the world right now. Um, do you enjoy going and seeing live shows?
1: Yeah, I do. I see live music uh, pretty often, although that's bound to change. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, although I have seen a lot of live streams, right? Um, but yes, I you know usually go to local shows, smaller shows, because mm-hmm. um, I'm either playing or seeing a friend or uh, I mean there's a lot of great local bands in New York City that are some of my favorite bands to see anyways so the idea that I could see them frequently and for cheap is like pretty cool and even the large the you know big show, I haven't been to a big show in a while but I have been to some really legendary big shows that really changed my life right because I, I, I was really young and I saw a couple of bands and artists perform that, and you know those experiences really showed me what a good performance can be like and showed me uh, really kind of showed me that I wanted to do that myself. The size doesn't necessarily um, mean everything as far as, uh, oh, you know, man, I really want to be at the stadium or whatever. But I just mean I want to I want to play for people. You know, I want to connect. I want to do that. Yeah. uh, Watching that as a kid was just uh, you could really sense how powerful it was to me. It's kind of spiritual in a way um, when you really connect with an artist and they're performing like a piece of music
0: yeah I remember one time I was a teenager and I was in California and I was um I was actually on tour with Paul Oakenfold and uh ironically Oasis was performing and it's like I never knew who Oasis was and I love Oasis now but I remember because I'm like right there you know um In in like the front of the stage with like the people I was with, and I remember just like watching the energy on the stage of Oasis, and then like looking to my left and like all these people. There were thousands of people, and their energy and the way they were going nuts over this band. And I was just like, "Wow, that connection is amazing." And it's like I don't know what it is, but I want that. I want to be a part. Oh yeah.
2: I want to be a part
0: of that. You know what I mean? It was just like electric. That was the word. It was super electric. Those Um,
1: guys are so funny too. The people in Oasis. <laughs> um yeah, I I agree. That's such a cool experience. That must have been super fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When all before all this happened, um you were leaving. You were going on tour for a few months. Say la vie. I was inviting I was invi- we were going to meet up in person. I was inviting- I know. Yeah.
2: Look at
1: us coming back with this Zoom technology. I think yeah. it's amazing
0: definitely definitely so you were leaving you were going on tour everything got canceled well everything got pushed and um so yeah i mean we're all just kind of like you know sitting and and waiting um um are you how are you affected are you like were you angry emotionally upset like bummed out all the above and i mean why not yeah, when- how are you how are you taking this as an artist because as an artist we want to just be out there performing and this is a grand opportunity to do that and then it's like it's like the rug gets lifted right from right under the feet
1: yeah absolutely i'll say on a personal level it's disappointing and it's a bummer i mean a ton of shows were canceled or moved but i like to just kind of try and look at it from a long-term perspective and as much as it feels like, I don't know, aggravating that, you know, you put in a lot of time to plan this stuff and like for me doing the band's booking, you know, it's really like a DIY kind of thing. So. It takes a lot of energy and time. And when you get a good show, it's all the more meaningful because it's not like someone just called you up and was like, oh, you know, you got this great show that we expected you to get. It's like, man, I, you know, did whatever I had to do to make the show work out. And um, we had a handful of those coming up. You know, we were going to go to California and played a festival. We were going to go play at a couple of colleges on the East Coast. And I was really looking forward to those because I was getting DMs from people that wanted to go to the shows and were like, oh, you know, when you're there, uh, you know, can we jam or can we, you know, hang out or whatever. Just and it that's like one of my favorite parts of being in a band is going places and meeting new people and um, connecting with them, playing for them and and. Uh, hearing from them and talking to them about really uh, the meaningful kind of things. So uh, on a personal level, it's disappointing. But like I said, I try and just remind myself uh, a rock show can wait. This is about saving people's lives. And Mm -hmm. that's much bigger than me. And it would be um, too selfish for me to feel I don't want. I mean, how do I put it? I don't I don't wish that there was a global pandemic. But because there is, I'm glad that there's this lockdown. I'm glad shows aren't happening because ultimately, until there's a vaccine or some way to maintain this on a bigger uh, level, you know, it's just unsafe and safety first. Right. I mean, that's that's more important than, um, you know, going around and, and playing shows. But I mean, it's frustrating on a logistical level. And I think it's just kind of a, a, a give and take, you know.
0: Yeah, safety is definitely number one. I heard you say something that really piqued my interest about having this foresight. Um, So did you always have that? Or who taught you that at a young age to have this insight for the future?
1: Uh, What do you mean?
0: So I ran cross country. So I was taught short term, medium term, long term goals.
1: Oh, and- I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, did I say I was a psychic? Um, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, as far as. <laughs> it's um,
0: so wise to say that. And oh, like thanks. A lot, well, of, a lot of musicians like don't have that. It's just like right, what's right in front of them. So you have this foresight and I think um, people could really learn from it.
1: For sure. I think it's really important to live in the moment, be present and equally look at your life as a long term thing. For me, a lot of things have taught me to think that way, one of which is, you know, building a career in music takes a long time. I've done a lot of different things. The band is what I like to focus on the most, but I've done a lot of record production. I've done a lot of co-writing, ghostwriting. I've done a lot of session work and ultimately seeing all these experiences, I mean, um, living all these experiences and and seeing all these different routes and things you can do and just talking with people who are older than me uh, who I've usually been gravitated uh towards usually my friends or you know the people I hung around when I was younger were five to ten years older than me and I think that that influenced me a lot because I was getting a lot of wisdom passed down you know mm-hmm. from other people
0: so you were a seeker um, naturally you were
1: I'm a curious dude and and I My interests, like I was saying, you know, one of the places where I don't feel like I fit in a lot is my interests weren't really the same as a lot of my peers. And they were the kinds of things that older people, you know, would maybe be into talking about like even when I when I started playing music one of the first people I played music with was Ben who still plays in my band and we met when I was 10 and I think Ben was 14 oh Um, that's
0: so sweet
1: yeah and it's it's funny because 10 and 14 you know that's a way bigger gap than uh you know I don't know 30 and 34 in terms of you know what it really means what you're thinking about or what's what's happening in your physical life but being able to connect over music kind of transcends that that was really what was my link to everything else and so that and then also just life experience like you know I finished high school early and I you know have been through a lot um, I guess uh, emotionally (laughs) Um, uh, for lack of a better term I've been exposed to enough self-help material <laughs> um, for whatever reason to know that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And it's just the kind of uh, thing of like, I've had to look at my life sometimes in chunks and say, okay, you know, because I feel like my workflow is kind of like this. Like say I'm producing a record for six months. For the next six months, this is this is my what I'm thinking about you know, and then it's done. And I really don't think twice about it re- ever again. Oh, um uh, and, and, and I'm just saying, it's like the kind of thing of like, I mean, I'll think about it in that I might listen to it or see it being, you know, listened to or written about. And I'll be like, Oh, I'm glad or I'm, um, you know, or I, oh man, I could have done that better or whatever. But I just mean that doing, taking on projects like that for me, uh, uh, has helped me look at my life in those ways. Cause I'm thinking, okay, like this chunk of time is, you know, I guess all about thinking one way. And then this next chunk of time, my priorities are in a different place and being able to kind of, um, block off large chunks of time like that, it just lets me say, okay, you know what, if I am going to be isolated for, you know, six months or a year, but that means that more people will be able to live. And ultimately, it's a year out of what I would hope is a long life short of something bad happening, then it's really not a big deal. You know, it's like, what seems like, a huge deal today might really not even exist in ten years, in twenty years, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So my next thought is, um, <laughs> um, you're like, oh yeah, I've like been through all these self help books. So I'm like, so uh, have you started, started writing yours, or when is yours coming out? <laughs> <laughs> oh God,
1: music is my self helping, book. um, <laughs> uh, you know, I I think um, for that's that's the best way I could. I could get any sort of point across. Um, yeah. You know, but I do like talking about this stuff and it's it's a daily reminder kind of thing. It's not something you learn and then you're all set. It's like, the point is that a lot of these things are just tools that you access when you don't feel well, right? Um, are
0: there speaking of those? Um, are there some books or meditations, podcasts, people, uh, mentors that you admire? If someone's having some emotional, mental challenges, and they yeah. want a new source of like a go-to, like do you have a couple of recommendations?
1: One hundred percent, I do. Um, I would say first and foremost, uh, the Four Agreements book. Mm-hmm. Um, is number one for that. I think that lays out a, a general way to look at your life that I think is conducive to um, some sort of uh, you know positivity, <laughs> or yeah. if not positivity, contentment. I um, met
0: Miguel and his son um, at a Mine Valley um, reunion not too long ago. Uh, oh, cool! Yeah, uh, I've I've read that book um a couple times, and I could read it a few more times, and I definitely gift that to people uh, once in a while. I think it's a great um gift book, uh, a book. Book giving gift. <laughs> um, Do you know there's the Fifth Agreement as well? His son Don Miguel wrote.
1: <laughs> you know, I've seen the actual book in a bookstore, but I haven't read it.
0: Yeah. No. Oh, another book I love Miguel wrote. It's called Mastery of Love. Did you read it?
1: That I also haven't read, but I've heard about. I've I've heard everyone that I know who's read it uh, has enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 so cool. Uh, it's like from an art. You'll you'll appreciate it as an artist and I paint, so I just like the 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 mastery of love and the heart. Um, it's it's a great book so okay so what the four agreements and then um Uh,
1: yeah the four agreements um I mean as far as self-help goes you know I think meditating or you know I've been sent some stuff from uh, Tara Brock that I I think is helpful um, or I don't know I mean for me music has always kind of been where I've turned to a lot of times if I can't deal with something just philosophically I feel like it's taught me the most uh, and it's definitely emotionally kind of regulated me, especially when I was a bit younger and I, I didn't um, know where to find anything else because music mm-hmm. is kind of ever present. Uh, I like the idea of, um, I don't know, of addressing these things in music. So I feel like a lot of the music, I mean, even music that's super duper popular, like I know when I was, you know, in in. Uh, high school and I felt really confused or frustrated or lost or just like uh, uprooted um, because of the things going on in my household or because of the people I was around. Um, I would listen to Highway 61 by Bob Dylan. I would listen to um, you know, my favorite song from that time and still now, which I mean, you could say this is like one of those cliché like live, laugh, love type vibes, but is um, Strawberry Fields by the Beatles, Definitely. because for me, what I really loved about it uh, was the idea of finding solace uh, in existentialism and feeling like ultimately taking away this great value that you assign to things that ultimately are, are trivial it's kind of like well if everything is temporary then you know everything good and bad is temporary as well but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it makes life that much easier to live and i'm not really saying that it's like once you know this stuff or feel this stuff that all your problems are solved. Like there are very tangible problems that there just aren't really clear solutions to. And I think part of life is navigating them as best as you can. But I don't think that uh, happiness is a goal as much as it's like contentment because happiness comes with its own set of conditions ultimately around some sort of expectation. Definitely, definitely.
0: Um, Jeez, uh, where did you read that? I mean, okay. That's, that's been my
1: whole life.
0: I love that. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I,
1: Hello. I I I um I mean I have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, and I've had a lot of support in my life. And at the same time, I have dealt with things that I really shouldn't have dealt with at yes. the age that I dealt with them. Yes. And because of that, yes. uh, these are just kind of the things I think about <laughs> I don't
0: know yeah, yeah definitely definitely you know is uh, when we're kids you know and like we're putting e- even right now as young adults we're like put in these situations with things like we shouldn't have to deal with you know what I mean like come on like wake up people like we're but I mean that's the part of the the human experience and then that yeah, make- and,
1: and and seeing seeing both sides of the coin too because you know obviously it's easy to look at someone in a negative place and uh, identify everything that's wrong but kind of what I was just saying about happiness inherently is I think that there's a lot of people who on paper uh, should be happy and still can't manage it Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of about not over glorifying anything not and because it's really more of a uh, I don't know to me it's it's contentment is a is a more achievable goal <laughs> because it's okay to not be happy you know part of life is not being happy it's like i think that's kind of um more of a temporary thing than maybe some sort of like personal or spiritual contentment where you can be content without being happy
0: yeah yeah, and um, so like, like the emotion anger, it's um, like Gandhi's grandson, he wrote this book, The Gift of Anger, because everyone's like, oh, anger, anger, it's such a bad negative thing. No, like, like, and he talks about the gift of anger, you know what I mean? So like, their yeah. emotions are up down in between good and bad. So it's, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm just in a happy place all the time. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, um, I would like to circle back around to what you were saying a bit ago about DIY, uh, do it yourself. Wait, no, what, what was it? D. Yeah, DIY. DIY, do it yourself. Yeah, do it yourself. So you said um, in your band, you're the one that puts the cap on to actually call the venues and you set up and you book your shows. And I'm really impressed by that. And I know a lot of musicians struggle, um, you know, with that part of it, and they want other people outside of themselves to handle it, snap the fingers, it magically appears. But you have the discipline and again the foresight. So Um, Can you talk a bit about your process, like how that happened for you or?
1: Well, I think any artist that's starting out now has to do their own booking and it's just kind of part of starting out really. And ultimately, ideally, once you get to a place where consistently You're doing well enough other people will take notice and then want to get involved but um as far as me i just always wanted to go play and you know playing shows is my favorite thing so i always wanted to just do more of it go to different cities to do it and ultimately there's a great network of people uh in bands and venues that uh support local underground music and getting involved in these communities i started Uh, that kind of thing we know when I was a teenager uh, because the the whole time before that all I thought was that's all I want to do is go around and play and so to me it's just you know being motivated to um, to do that and thankfully because of the internet you can get the info of venues or bookers or other bands that you want to play with super easily.
0: So let's say I know nothing. I'm a blank slate. Let's say you want to go to Ohio. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to do a tour around Ohio. So what's what's the first thing you would do?
1: Well, nowadays, I would talk to my friends and see who I know that's gone to Ohio and played and who they know in Ohio or who I might know from a while back that might be in Ohio, like maybe someone I know is in college in Ohio and maybe they know someone that does the college booking for their school or maybe they, know a local radio station that puts on shows or maybe they know a record store a bar or something you know or they say man there's this great band or if i've never if i have no relationship to the place and no one i know does either i'll just go to google and write 10 best local bands in whatever city uh and go through a bunch of articles and if that, that obviously were written uh Recent to whenever I would be looking that up. And if I see anything that looks exciting, or if a bunch of the articles mention the same artist, then I'll say, okay. Well, let's try and play with them because clearly, locally, they're getting some attention.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool. You could even reach out to other local artists.
1: They know how to book shows in in their market. And it's really just a trade-off where I could be like, we're a New York City band. You know, say that they're somewhere in Ohio. Let's do a trade. You know, you get us a good show there. And whenever you come to New York, we can help you get a show here. That's kind of the spirit of doing that sort of thing.
0: That's a lot of uh, trust and loyalty and like um, that's a lot of planting seeds and, and watering those seeds to flourish. I mean, that takes a lot of skill set. I like doing those kind of things, but I know a lot of artists and human beings in general. It's just not their skill set to do that. So, um, you know, that, that's awesome that you you naturally have that. Or was it taught to you at a certain age or is it just in your DNA?
1: I mean, I don't know no one explicitly said that that's what you should do. But I feel like when I just thought about what help me, I mean, like what I feel like I've learned from a pretty young time is ultimately symbiosis is like ideal in any sort of interaction. So in business or in friendships or anything. It's just like if both things are getting what they need, then there's incentive for whatever is in question to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So for artists in other places that, especially because New York is a little bit of a harder market to get into if you're a local band somewhere else, just comparatively, because there's so many artists in New York anyways. So why would the venue book a random band that isn't even from New York? because yeah, yeah. ultimately anything that it, the only thing a venue cares about is selling drinks, uh, or, you know, something like that. So it's kind of, um, Yeah, just important that you keep everyone's interests in mind when you're reaching out uh, so that hopefully you can do something that genuinely does benefit everybody.
0: And I liked how you said it's like, um, you know, you, you, you go through the grapevine of like, who do you know that may know someone that has a connection to find out if it's the hip spot? So that's some like really cool research. And then the other thing is like, okay, that rules out. Don't start off by going to places that you don't know. So start by going off to places that you do know or where you have some connections. And, you know, it's really cool because you can just get into a car and you can literally just drive from like philadelphia you can hit up chicago detroit and they're all lined up and you make like maybe a six-week tour and you're on the road with your buddies and you're driving around to these venues and and but you're doing the work (laughs) i
2: think i think doing
1: that uh teaches you a lot about you know, what it means to to play a show and I guess why you like to play music at the same time, I do not necessarily think that doing that extensively is that healthy, nor is it a smart idea financially. It's really a balance. You need to structure it, you know, do it when you have a thing to promote, like if you have a record out or something, and you want people to listen to it to go to where people are and play it for them is a great idea. But equally, it's not something to do for uh, super long periods of time um, without doing other things too, because I see a lot of people get tired of it um, because I think they they might be neglecting other elements of, of it. I think that, like on, on a personal level, it's very fun, but just as far as building up as an artist, it's a great way to get some initial fans and equally, um, you know, making videos or making content that uh, isn't just available to whoever's in the room, but is available to anybody at all times uh, is really a big asset, too, because ultimately, that's how um, something can get a lot of attention. But it's, you know, it's not all an attention contest. It's just a give and take. You need somebody to want to uh, come to a show in order to be able to book the show. So it's, you know, important. Yeah. To, to just kind of consider your energy, you know, and think, you know, like for us, we might look on our Spotify and say, where are people listening to us mm-hmm. lately? Let's go there. Yep. And 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 we can see what bands they also listen to. How about we hit up those bands and say, hey, we looked at our thing and we have some of the same listeners, so we should play a show together.
2: Cool. Um, Very cool. I think
1: fans of those bands uh, would appreciate that because it, from that perspective it's all oh, these two bands that i listen to are, are playing in my town i gotta go to that you know
0: right especially Definitely when you can cross promote yeah. with one another mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's everything i think
0: so i love that i love that and let's say what you just said you said um let's say you have a, a, an album something to promote let's say you have an ep and you're going to promote and then you know the top venues and you got a six-week tour and you're gonna go grab some potential new fans and you can maybe even collaborate with another their partner in town now how do you reach the booker um about financial payment because the the cost is on you you know to getting the car and then the gas totally. and the food and the room and board now is what kind of compensation as an indie artist? I mean, it's all negotiable. Like, it depends. It
1: all all depends to me uh, for a tour. I look at it as trying to um, stretch out the money we make across the entire tour instead of doing it as a per night or per show basis. Because bigger artists can say, my guarantee is X amount of money. And every time I play a show, that's the money I get, right? But for us, one show might pay 10 times the amount Of the next three shows, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, Um, and so that's kind of part of the planning is just making sure that along the way, you know, some shows colleges tend to be able to pay more to to more unknown bands, or sometimes. Certain promoters or festivals or events have like a kind of a standard of, okay, well, you know, baseline, you're at least going to get this, you know, X amount of money that for me, as I'm planning it, I just, you know, string along enough of them to know that if we're going to be gone for a certain amount of time that we can make most of the money that will help us uh, break even or potentially profit um, from a couple of specific shows, you know?
0: Yeah. So venues where the owners, the bookers, they want to bring the people because they want to sell the drinks type of thing. Are those places more instead of getting an upfront fee because they're giving you an opportunity to be in their town and community? It's like a percentage of the bar or how do you look at it with those finite details?
1: I mean, venues are pretty, smaller venues are um, pretty reluctant to give the band a percentage of the bar. Uh, Sometimes they'll say, we can offer you this guarantee, or they'll just be like, you get you know, half the door or you get all of the door after the room fee is covered or, you know, something to that effect. I mean, there's not a ton of money in playing local music shows, but I think that um, the places that I like to go play have more fair deals. And usually the best deals incentivize the bands to actually bring people. Like Mm -hmm. one of we wouldn't play there now, but we used to play at a venue where their deal was the amount of people that you bring is the percentage that you get. So we, knowing that a couple times, brought in as many people as we could and we, it would go beyond 100%. So we were making pretty good money. Um,
0: great, great. Yeah, because you as an artist and then and then talking about these kind of things, um, I know from my experience, you know, growing up, I mean, um, I've always been into music. I grew up in the Detroit electronic music scene, underground before electronic music was like huge in America. And I went That's out- so to- cool. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I grew up on oldies with my mom and dad. And I, I mean, I toured with 50 Cent in June and I was the opening act for 50 Cent in June. It in 2007 2008 like all over Europe and South Africa yeah. and I'm like opening up for 50 cent in front of like 18,000 people and so I'm having my own experiences in life that was like in 2007 2008 and you know through my years it's like and we're talking about this now but I mean I mean fine you go to a music business school which I did not but so a lot of artists who are self-taught are, are artists who are who they are and they didn't go to school for it And I don't even know if they teach this kind of Stuff in school but like along my journey thus far and I've been around like I don't need uh, like name dropping of all the different kinds of people I've been around in different fields but they don't teach you about these kind of things we're talking about now like artists oh or- no
1: it's I mean I'll say and anyways like as far as my schooling or whatever that's just purely business not even music business it's just generic I think that I know a couple of places offer those music business classes, but I would say that it's probably a waste of time, honestly, um, unless you're trying to be a music lawyer or something um, or a manager maybe. But I feel like, um, yeah, I think that these lessons are learned through the, through the pursuit, to be honest. I think that you learn it by trying and doing mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. and talking to as many people as you can. What well, I mean, that's like a great thing to do. Email somebody. You got, Google is crazy. You could find the email address of the person who manages like, I don't know, anybody. And
2: Definitely.
1: Uh, you could say, hey, I'm a young artist and I have a question. And sometimes they might get back to you. Or maybe you know somebody who um, has some sort of experience that you can ask upon even if it's not directly your thing like maybe there's some other type of musician that you talk to and you say hey you know do you know how how it works uh, or i don't know what's you can even google what's standard for this kind of thing you know what's the standard arrangement for how you can book a tour or what's a reasonable deal what what does a reasonable deal look like or you know how 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 does just how does stuff work how do you get a song uh sync licensed or you know how do you do these things cuz there's now more than ever there's a ton of resources that you know just on YouTube even of people yeah. explaining this stuff and mm-hmm. i think if the curiosity's there uh even if you can't make all of the things necessarily happen at once you can definitely learn about how they happen
0: couple things um how do you keep everything organized like with all the different apps and programs and where do you put like all the venues the bookers the contacts where do you put everything to keep it organized
1: a uh, spreadsheet spreadsheets are perfect for tour planning um because you can put in all the dates and just have columns of all the other stuff. Uh Uh, But but I think also for me, just writing stuff down, I always try and have a sense of what my priority is for the the time period. Cause you know, it can be a very internal process to make things, but if you're not interfacing with the greater world, then ultimately uh, perhaps a bit insulated. And you know, like, so I always try and make sure that I have an idea of like right now, am I focusing on my internal creative stuff or am I focusing on, you know, going, going out and playing or making something to share with people or, you know, doing something outside of my immediate creative world.
0: Mm -hmm. And thank you. And then lastly, about the, um, the indie tour world, um, let's talk about insurance and protection. So like when you're going to these venues, do you have some kind of um, an agreement up front and where they, where they know all all of your equipment pieces so it's insured god forbid if anyone spills a drink on it or if there's a fight no,
1: there's no nothing like that i oh, mean wow a lot of times people at a higher level might have gear insurance, which I think is valid because there's a lot of theft. But for us, um, no. I mean, there might be some sort of thing that we sign that's just an agreement that we agree to play the show for X amount of time, for X amount of money or whatever. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ultimately, you know, there's not really uh, any sort of policy. It's, It's just kind of watch your stuff <laughs> be
2: you just, careful
0: <laughs> you just hold it next to you like it's your baby and you don't let it go
2: absolutely
0: wow that's really interesting yeah i went to um this dj music school for one year so they taught us you know everything in and out and so the dj gigs i've done you know i have an agreement with this is how much they're paying me and the one thing about being a dj is they pay you um half the money up front right when you sign the agreement and the other half before you go on not after that's that, that's what i really like being about a dj because you You get, they they do not play with the money. They give it to you up front. That's
1: good, especially because I'm sure a lot of DJ nights go really late and there's all kinds of stuff going on that ultimately like getting the money beforehand, you don't have to chase somebody down like at like six in the morning or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah so there's those stories and then so then you and just like being an artist then you decide what kind of venues and what kind of parties you play and dj right like me i'm more like you know like new york fashion week fashion events charity events daytime events like god yeah. willing in the near future who knows if i'll have children or not but it's like i want to be able to perform where it's like okay like a nanny or someone could be watching my child or they could come with me to the event and it's like a play it's like a friendly environment not too like i'm not 14 15 so not too late in the night where there's there's like drinking and all those other kind of things. Cause it just doesn't align with my personal lifestyle. And um, in the agreement, I always like have my DJ equipment insured because if I'm at this party and they're, you know, some customer like pours something or gets too close to my drink or like doesn't like me or, you know, who knows what could happen. They're like, Oh, you're too pretty. Or like, like I hate you or I don't like this song and they're wasted <laughs> or they get yeah. in a fight and they spill something. It's like, so yeah, I, I always make sure, you know, I have, that protected um
1: that's wise I think that I wouldn't trust a lot of these Venues to take on that kind of liability as far as a band goes, but I think that that's a really smart thing to do. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. I think more in the um, yeah, and then I the venues of like clubs and stuff. Like I was in Detroit, um, right when like the beginning, when before the scare happened, I was in Michigan and I was in Greek Town with my family, and um, upstairs was this lounge and it was like really cool. I had no idea, and and he's like, oh, you're Greek, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, now this is a rotation I can put in, like when I go home to visit my family and have a reason to go home like once a month or once every other month well of course to see the family but like hey I can like do a venue and like DJ and stuff but they have their own DJ controller there. So I think it's a bit different with DJs as well cuz sure. they um you know they they have their their controller there. And I guess yeah so that's being an indie artist and then obviously when you know you're at different um levels of people handling your stuff I'm sure they have you know that's the thing. It's like it's like a free for all, and there's different tiers and different levels and different rules for different. That's why you got to know like like yeah. perspective of who you are, where you are,
1: what types of places that you're supposed to be playing. Totally. I, I mean, it's also just it's never been this open ended, like in all senses. Like music is essentially like the wild west at this moment. So absolutely having a sense of your identity like that is is really important.
0: And have a bottom base. Like I know in in Michigan, there's like you know the famous go to places that are like cool places but like anything that's below the line that's like a little grungier if you don't know it's like just stay away from those kind of things so you don't get like, put yourself in a bad situation so it's like you know making sure the places are reputable like you said do your research the places that are reputable that you've been connecting with do you think those kind of places do you think maybe have you heard from anyone in your community do you think they're going to be maybe doing some like online shows or like day shows, yeah,
1: night I mean, shows some of, them, some of them totally are um, and okay. I've seen a bunch of those things coming up you know I've done a couple of those streaming shows and um, a lot of my friends are doing them and a lot of bigger artists are doing them and I'm sure in the next chunk of time that's just going to be kind of commonplace you know?
0: What about the Majestic in Michigan? Are you familiar with it?
1: I am not familiar with that.
0: Okay, so you're so close to Detroit. You definitely need to um, look up the venues in Detroit. It's really happening and popping. And I mean, I know we would love to have you there. So you definitely need to, um, you know, ch- do some research on Detroit. And then, yeah, the
1: Majestic Theater, right?
0: And make, uh huh, uh huh, and make and make that happen. Who knows? Maybe yeah. I can like open up for you guys DJing or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we love we love to play with electronic acts honestly
0: Um,
1: because we are kind of semi-electronic as much as kind of our music permits I feel like it's more refreshing if we play after some electronic bands than, you know, four super loud rock bands. Cause at that point, sometimes it's just, it's kind of, I think, a better flow.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we just planted a seed. So that could be really cool. We can like put our heads together and find out who wants to support and, and make that happen.
1: Yeah. That'd be awesome.
0: Mm hmm. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up and uh, play your song right now, if that's cool. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I really appreciate you being with me today and sharing your life experience thus far. And I honor your journey. And I'm so excited to know you and just keep listening to this music you're making and sharing it.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. You take good care.
1: All right. Peace.
0: Bye, Eli.
2: I used to have a family, now all I got is therapy I don't, I don't, I don't care I don't, I don't, I don't care Things are broken everywhere I don't, I don't, I don't care
0: joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.